Roxy. Good morning, Tam Tam. Week is going on forever. I'm done. <laughs> done it forever and ever. It's like the never-ending quarantine week of all quarantine weeks, and it's not even Friday yet. I know it's because we just started homeschooling, and I'm like, <sighs> I don't want this job. Like, no. this is not the job that I signed up for. I'm done. I like the second I think I'm like going to get a break. I sit down, like sit her down to do the homeschooling. And then it's like 10 minutes later, it's like done. Yeah. Then it's like coding. I'm like, she's five. Why does she need to know how to code a computer? No one cares. So she can do do our website. Exactly. (laughs) Thank God we have a breath of fresh air as a guest today. Right? Yes. Oh my God. I feel like it's USC week this week because I have my other gal pal, Tracy Tudor coming in on the show today. We had Sasha Alexander earlier yes. in the week, and uh, we're doing the USC, uh, the USC team now. So, welcome, Tracy. Hey, Roxy. Hey, Tamman. How are you guys? Surviving slowly. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the word of the week. <laughs> Tracy. Oh Tracy. Yeah. How is uh, quarantine going for you right now? You know, guys, there's good days and bad days. I would say like two out of every seven days, I wake up in a wretched mood. (laughs) (laughs) Two is a good number. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, dude, if we can make it to five o'clock without (laughs) pouring ourselves a cocktail today, it'll be a miracle. But (laughs) today is actually like a relatively good day. I'm like hanging in there. I cleaned a lot today. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I'm like sore from vacuuming. What the hell? It's <laughs> yeah, a workout. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. The next time you scrub a toilet, post it on Insta stories. Yes. <laughs> I, posted, I haven't done that I, yet. <laughs> okay, I am. Uh, that's where I draw the freaking line. I am not scrubbing a toilet. <laughs> who are you, who are you outsourcing that one to? <laughs> yeah. I don't know. They don't, I just don't think they've been scrubbed. They're just going to deal with Mine it. I'm not looking scrubbed. at it. I want nothing to do with it. I am not scrubbing my kids' toilet. They can scrub their own damn toilets. Forget it. And it's true because you see, like, when you look at the toilets, like, I didn't really notice oh. how much gets caked on, like, underneath oh. the lid. Do you know what I mean? And, like, you don't, you're not aware uh. because, like, we have someone clean it once, like, a week. So, like, I didn't know how much cake just sits there. And now I'm like, what do I do with that? I'm just going to have to just uh. leave it. Oh, it's I'm the only way it's making me a little nauseous i gotta be honest <laughs> <laughs> can't wait for it to be done okay so what are you like yeah, so, so you're holding up your are you cooking you've been cooking a little bit i feel like i was like i go like four days on and then like two days off and then you know four again and then two and then i yeah today's gonna be a day off i think or actually, uh, my quarantine pal, Eric, is going to be doing a co- the cooking tonight. So that should be interesting because we're having rice casserole, everyone. <laughs> Sounds tasty. I was saying to, I was saying to Roxy that like in the beginning, it was like, oh man, I'm, I'm going to make like zucchini soup from scratch uh-huh. with like basil and like I'm going to bake it and I'm going to do all these amazing things. I made biscotti for three and a half hours and now it's just like... Tuna on a rice cake and like a can of peas. And I'm like, that's all you get. Like, I'm done. Uh, it, was, it was a great little thing for the first couple of weeks, but you're going to get canned so, The other day when I was having one of my bad days, I was just cranky as shit. And I was just on the computer too much. And like, I need to like get outside more in order for me to have like a decent day. I have to like work out in the morning and then like get out again in like the afternoon and like take a walk or whatever. Hadn't done any of it. 
and I was on a computer. I was on Food yeah. Network downloading <laughs> recipes that I had never had for at least three hours. I'm not, I even went so far as to like, you know, when you can like put the shopping <laughs> list together, it's not happening. I went to Bristol Farms yesterday. I got chicken wings, yeah, chicken wings. Okay, buffalo chicken wings, whatever this rice casserole recipe is, and oh my God. That's, that's all we got. That's it. <laughs> you can survive on that. That's fine. It's doable, right? Ugh, I don't know. I mean, that's it. I'm just trying not to get fat. I oh. know. Yeah. yeah. Well, you're not getting fat because you're posting exercise videos every two seconds. It's the only reason I'm not getting fat. Because I am exercising every day. Otherwise, I'd be a tank. I ordered a mommy burger the other day. Like, I, I don't know who I think I am. It's like, I'm like 44 it's all goes going on 25. Yeah. Right. Cal- calories don't count in quarantine. It's fine. There's no such thing as carbs. Yeah. Oh, no. Yeah. And anyone who wants to give me shit for drinking before five can eat it. I really do. Okay? I'm not in- Like, yesterday, I had a glass of rosé by the pool at, like, two. Oh, sounds perfect. It was actually perfect. Right? <laughs> Aren't you interested to see like what everyone's going to look like after quarantine? Because like there's so much that we as women like try to hide from the world and just oh, it, it just is whether it's like you're coloring your hair or your nails or things that we do to outfit like whatever it is we're all just trying to look the our best possible selves. I'm like what is going to happen? Like it's going to be like, this, like zombies coming out in some way. Like what what Dude. is what is or maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it's good to like Get back to our natural. Not good. Yeah. It's not good. It's not. Ex- it's not okay. By the way, I don't know if you guys noticed, but I am. I am not having it. Like I put tanning lotion on daily. <laughs> Look at these little like magnetic lashes I found. Oh my They're god! <laughs> They're magnetic. I mean, Instagram is like hooking me up. And then, um, you know, our colorist, Roxy George, is mm. sending out kits, color kits. So did you, you try like, them yet? Did you do it? Yeah, I did my roots. I'd be so gray. Are you joking? Wow. Yeah. Maybe I should just yeah. go to I'm your house. For dear life. Yeah. Hanging on for dear life over here. <laughs> hey, you can come over. Just, you know, remain yeah. 10 feet away. Yeah. Roxy's going to be brown hair by the yes. time this is yes. over. Look at this. It's like so half brown. Look yeah. at that. I My know, daughter. Rudy's in. Rudy is in. Rudy, I mean, I'm just trying to pull that ombre for as long as possible. Yeah. My, my, my daughter was like, mommy, why is your hair half brown, brown half yeah. yellow? <laughs> why is anything, anything? You're, like, you're six years old. Your opinions don't matter. Yeah. <laughs> and why? Oh, and then another one was, uh, why is your tummy squishy? I'm like, listen, yeah, yeah. I have not gotten to the gym. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Rude. Rude, rude, rude. Yeah, rude. Mine just plays with mine and she just gets it and she goes, This is magic. It's like marshmallow. <laughs> just how like, dare, how yeah, dare she? Go to right? hell, child. Go to hell. Wait, Trace, how has it been with the teenager in the house? You've got the teenager, you got the preteen. She's, I mean, how? She's working out country. right now in the garage. We turned our uh, g- uh, garage into a gym and so she's working out. Mm-hmm. And um, she's also a good cook, so like she's mm-hmm. stepping up her game. It's nice to have her around. The little one is just you'll take him back. <laughs> she, the little one is mini you. I mean, Scarlet is you. She's right. She's right outside. <laughs> I know. You have, you have I know. two girls. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have two girls, and 
they're with me like 50% of the time, a little bit more right now, but, um, it's been, they're, they're fun to have around. I, I don't like it when they're not around. They're at like that awesome age where like they can watch like scary movies with me now. Like last mm-hmm. night we watched Sixth Sense. Oh yeah. Like, I don't know. They're just cool. Like they're fun to talk to. Like. Juliet pours me my glass of wine at five. Yes, yeah, so you I mean, order the rooms. <laughs> we're on like a good program. You guys just wait until they get a little bit older and they just start to get you. Yeah. And you're like, see, now you know. Like, it's just, it's fun. It's, I, I mean, I'm lucky. They're not like bad teenagers, you know? Yeah. They actually do listen pretty well, you know? What? Scar- Scarlet. Scarlet. Maybe not. yelling at me. Yeah. Yeah. She's like yeah. giving you the finger. Hi to everyone. Hi. Hey, Scarlett. She's watching the back. Is it, it is it hard to co-parent when you're in quarantine? Like, do you do you get on with their father? Yeah, we get one great. <laughs> like, no, that's oh. I don't know <laughs> what I'm supposed to no. say, quote unquote. <sighs> No, no, no. Actually, we're pretty cool. We're on the same page as in, in with most parenting things. So, mm-hmm. and he kind of, you know, when it comes to like girl stuff, he's just like, I defer to you. And I'm like, okay, great. So we're actually fine. Um, and, you know, we, we just, we're just like living the dream over here, just taking the kids back and forth. And uh, then I get like two days off. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's like I have them for two days and then he has them for two days and then I have them for five and then he has them for five. So um, just when I want to like choke them out, mm-hmm. I hand them off. <laughs> it's a perfect situation. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. that's good. Like in the quarantine, you guys are kind of like you're splitting it up. So it's like they get to come with you. They get to go with him. It's like yeah. not all. OK, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. So you can the visit. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Time in, time out. Time in, time out. Sounds like a perfect situation. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Kind of is. Absence absence makes the heart grow fonder. (laughs) And hey, you don't have to see him too. That's that's another bonus. Another added bonus. so fun so that's good but um so i obviously we i know the answer to this one is there happy hour every day in your house mm-hmm. no well is there happy hour and are you facetiming any boys at the same time uh oh. well, i've got one i've got one in the house so i don't oh. really need to facetime anyone oh <laughs> yeah what I, I know how to pick I know how to pick a quarantine. Okay? <laughs> yeah, how, how, how is quarantine with your quarantine friend? It's fun. We're having a good time. Staying in shape. We're very, a lot of cardio. <laughs> Never run out of that cardio, do ya? Nope. Nope. <laughs> did you decide right before quarantine? Or, like, did you decide right before quarantine who you're going to be quarantined with? Or was it like you had a little bit no. of a way? We were supposed, we were in Mexico, like, right oh. before this all went down. So we kind of came back into this craziness. I was living my best life in Mexico at the beginning of this. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, it's a nice way to kind of, like, intro into it, you know? Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. So, what are the highlights? I, by the way, I wouldn't have. Yeah. I wouldn't have come back if I didn't have kids. I'd be like in Mexico still. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on your beach. On your beach, drinking yeah. your margaritas. Thousand percent. Ah, nice. So, what? Like, how is the? How? What are the highlights of uh of this uh quarantine with this boy? 
Uh, he's an excellent trainer. So uh-huh. I'm getting like working on my abs, you know. Um, got, got some rock solid ones. Yeah. Yeah. Really, you know, we're working really hard on that. Mm-hmm. And um, he's lovely to look at. <laughs> and he's cooking tonight. So I mean, yeah, yeah, that's a good thing. How, how old is he? <laughs> <laughs> Is he over 25? Mm. <laughs> or like, have you not asked? She knows. <laughs> no, um, he's around, you know, the mid-20s. <laughs> you know, he's, he's over 21 25. is not mid-20s, <laughs> FYI. Um, yeah, no, 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 no. He's, he's in his mid-20s. It's weird because I said that if my husband and I didn't work out, I would definitely go younger. Because yes. it's like, you know. Oh yeah, oh, it's like it's, the best. Yeah. Keep it, keep up, right? Keep it. <laughs> oh my god! There's so much that's not being By said on this this podcast interview. It's like we're just kind of like going skirting around exactly because what we're, we're trying to say, and then just laughing when the punchline's <laughs> supposed to be there. Hopefully, people will understand what's happening. All right. <laughs> it's. I mean, listen. You know, I I would just say that I I've had a hard time post divorce dating in my age group. Yeah. Staying within that, you know, time frame. It doesn't make sense. Go younger. No, they're so easy when uh-huh. they're younger. Malleable. They're like, uh, like they're not. They're, they're malleable. They're not dramatic. Like they have yeah. great bodies. They don't ask a lot of questions. Uh-huh. Like, it's just like easy breezy. Just make them into what you need. They can just meet right. your needs. Yes. I love it. Right. So what, okay. What is your, what is the, uh, well, you're, so you're, it's going to be hard because we're in quarantine right now, but when you were like more single and dating pre-quarantine, what were your dates like? What were these like first dates like and stuff like that? Cause it's been so long for Roxy and I, it's been like a long time. Um, I, you know, like I said, I don't know what, why I attract younger, um, mm-hmm. the younger generation. But I, I consistently just get asked out by men under the age of 35 um, yeah. slash 30. And, mm. and uh, you know, I've entertained it a little bit. I, I mean, I, w- I had a date where I went to the French Laundry. Oh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Still young dude. Like. I mean, that's pretty baller for mm-hmm. like an you know, under 35 guy to be like, I'm taking her to the French laundry. I was like, all right, <laughs> game on. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, um, I think it's just, I think younger men are attracted to women in their forties because we have just the level of confidence that I think a lot of women in their late twenties and maybe their early thirties don't have. Mm-hmm. And we really just, I think they, we have the. IDGAF attitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. Mm-hmm. And we're just doing us. Like we don't exist because of them. Mm-hmm. Right? They're just like, they're like a, a guest star in the show that we're already operating right. in. And, you know, they can kind of come in and out. We're happy to have them there, but like we still can breathe and function without them. And that's really, I think, attractive to a mm-hmm. lot of guys. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the codependency in relationships, I think, is is such a turnoff for men, like when a woman is so needy in so many ways. And I think it's just like it's built in us. Like for some reason, we're sens- we're more sensitive than men are and we like to feel secure. And I think once you get to a certain age, you kind of develop your own needs and wants. And I think that's a real turn on for, for a man um, because women do come across sometimes as really over, over like wanting you. And it's, it's, it's not, it's not as sexy. There is a game, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, and, and I didn't even know I was really playing the, the game piece. Like I just didn't, you know, it just was just sort of happening that way. Mm-hmm. And I just started to pick up on it after, you know, the fourth or fifth time I was either attracting that type of guy that mm-hmm. was a little bit younger. And then I was like, you know, why? Like, why can't I have a guy with a yacht that's 60? <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it's, the truth is, I just, I guess I don't really want that. So yeah. um, I started to kind of put that together. And when I did, I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm where exactly where I'm supposed to friggin' be. Mm-hmm. And when I'm ready to have something different or more serious or more committed and maybe long-term, then I'll say it out loud and it will come to me until Mm -hmm. then. I'm just like living my best life. And you know, my girlfriends are like, are you kidding me? And I'm like, no, I'm actually not. (laughs) I'm having a really like fun time and I'm not going to apologize for it. No. No, and you think here's the thing. You've set you've settled down before, you've had kids, you've done the whole marriage route. It's not like it's something yeah. you've not done before, you know, it's like, why not take this time and be free and just have fun with whoever you want, you know? Yeah. I don't honestly know if I'll ever get married again. Really? Like, maybe I'll have like a Goldie and like Kurt Kurt moment. Mm. You know, I don't know. I, I, I like, I don't know if that's attractive to me anymore. I could be like in a five-year relationship with like 10 different men over the course of the next four years. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, you like, could what? at the same time. <laughs> Fifty years, five years, whatever. Point being, I can. Uh, I feel like I fall. I could fall in love. I like. I love falling in love. Like I love mm-hmm. that whole piece. I love like same. the excitement. Mm-hmm. I love the first ninety days. To be honest, uh, mm-hmm. then you know, the isn't there a ninety-day fiance show? That's why people get married in ninety days. <laughs> Wait, people are obsessed with that show. By the way, yeah, um, yeah. but I sort of feel like I could. I could really do like, you know, one person every couple of years and then just, you know, be like, it was awesome. Thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks for playing. It's good. Um, Thanks. Let's part. Like almost like a lease, like in real estate, like you lease it for a year, you have an option to extend, you know, maybe you do, maybe you don't. Yeah. And then you part ways and you move on and it's no hard feelings. And then you get to experience someone new. Yeah. Yeah. But don't you think the beginning part, especially what keeps it so exciting are those games? Like there's something fun about playing a game, like not being like so outright. Do you know what I mean? I think the most fun is doing exactly that and being totally outright. I mean, when was the last time, Roxy? That you I know were it's totally outright. Mm-hmm. I mean, we were when we were in college. You were like, oh my god, I like him. I need him yeah. to like me. Like, right? I have to do all of these things, and and then you know, you ended up meeting somebody in your twenties, and you date a little bit, and that's totally messed up. And then finally, you fall in love, you get married, you do all of that. Well. For the last, how long have you and David been married? Forever? Jesus, it's gonna be fifteen years this yeah. month. We're thirteen. Right. Uh, so like, like, so like 15 years, 13 years, like mm-hmm. once that's over, I think it's kind of cool to be able to be like, 
I'd like you to come over tonight and fuck this shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think that's great. I think that's that's great. I Why mean, not? Do you, do you right? yeah. and why play game? Why play games about it? Why be like, I, you know, you know, we're adults. Like if we're doing something that we're both feel good about, like yeah. the, the whole commentary that used to happen when we were younger, like, uh-huh. I think we should all be embracing our inner slut all the time. <laughs> right. It's powerful. Look, you know, I love, sex. I love sex more than anyone. Yeah. Um, but do you see, I've always had this codependent problem in my life and I, I need to learn how to be alone because my question to you is, would you worry about being alone for the rest of your life? If that was just, uh, some men that you fall in love with and you spend the sexy time with them and, but you don't ever really spend the rest of your life with them and you're 70, 80 years old and you're by yourself. Are you okay with that? Cause I think it's just the experience of, and there are lonely moments for sure. I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, you know, in between the romps, like you have moments <laughs> where you're like, Oh, this would be nice to like share this with somebody or whatever. But I do think that you can have and maintain relationships without like mm-hmm. when we were younger and when you guys both got married and when I did too, it was all about leading towards forever. Right. Like, it was mm-hmm. all about like, mm-hmm. I'm with right. this person to figure out if I could be with them for the rest of my life. And I don't think that that's the way that we need to look at relationships. I think that now, mm-hmm. because I've had kids and I'm already there and I don't think this is, necess- this is not necessarily for like the 25 year old girl, although God bless her if this mm-hmm. is the, the direction she wants to go. I think that, you know, at my age, because I've been there and I've done that. I can have a relationship. I don't need to think about what forever looks like. Mm-hmm. I've got, yeah. you know, there's all, we already have all this baggage and all this bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like get rid of it. If you're enjoying someone, I don't care if they're 25 or 85 or rich or poor or fat or thin or whatever the hell your parents told you you weren't allowed to go out with and you're going out with, like enjoy it for as long as it's willing to run its course mm-hmm. and then move on. Yeah. yeah. And if that takes you, through three relationships in the next, you know, 30 years, then great. And if you end up being 75 and, you know, you meet someone new, then even better. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, yeah. It, it makes sense, you know? <laughs> right. I, I like, it totally makes sense. Like, next city, you're like wanting I to think, kill our husbands. And I like, know, that, sounds, like, uh, that sounds so lovely. The fear for most women, mm-hmm. I think, that are married and have been married 15 years 13 years happily, or maybe even more importantly, unhappily are like there. And I remember I went through this before I got divorced where I was like, God, should I just suck it up? And like, I mean, I'm unhappy, but I'm not like, I don't want to choke him out. I'm you know, like I was just not, do I just stay with it? Like, you know, and I think there's a lot of women like that because they're terrified of what the other side looks like. And I think the other side is like really, fantastic. But what about the, what about the women who might not have, who might not be as financially stable, let's say, Mm -hmm. and rely on their husbands. I feel like, you know, for money, they were always, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's always a massive consideration with most of the women that I know that, you know, have considered maybe getting a divorce at, you know, finances were always a big thing because they gave up maybe their career Mm -hmm. and ended up having babies and then, you know, kind of lost that independence financially when they got married. And that's a really tough, tough thing. I talk Mm -hmm. about it a lot in my book because Mm -hmm. I think there's just a lot of women who kind of come back after a divorce, whether it was induced by them, you know, 
self-induced or something that they were forced into um, mm. that are just trying to find their way again financially so that they can, you know, be happy. Um, and that's a scary thing. But I also think, you know, staying tethered to someone purely for money is the most miserable existence. Oh my gosh. Right. Yeah. Right. How did yeah. you know that he wasn't right? Like, do you remember just waking up one day and just thinking, yes. I- I'm just really like, was it just a day? Like you were just done. Yeah. I, I say, uh, I, I talk about it a lot and it's like, you know, when you're on the fence about a decision and you can sit on that damn fence for, you know, years, you know, whether it's a career decision or a, whether or not to remain friends with someone or whether or not to stay married, I was on that fence for five years mm-hmm. with Jason. And, you know, one day I just took that leap of faith. And I, when I, when my feet hit the ground on the other side, there was never a moment, not even for a minute where I said, maybe I'm making a mistake because once I, you know, I think, and I think this is a female thing. Um, I think that women are so caught in the decision and the Mm -hmm. process in the morning that we do most of our morning, like in a breakup during the actual relationship. We're like, it's almost like we're preparing ourselves for, you know, like a different experience. Mm -hmm. And so by the time we actually break up with them, you know, for the most part, if it's our decision, we're done. And that's what happened to me. Um, you know, in my own marriage is I, you know, landed on the other side of it. And I think I was even scared that I, I was going to have second thoughts. But once I was there, it was like my feet were so firmly set in the ground and I had this like new, I don't know. I just felt like a weight was off of my chest. I could breathe again. And I felt happy that I actually took that leap of faith and made that decision because I think so many people like live in fear constantly. And it's like, sometimes you just have to go for it and and Mm -hmm. see what happens. What finally gave you that strength though, to do it, to make the decision? I don't know. I don't, I, I, there's no like one thing. I think just in life, uh, whether again, in a marriage or in a, in a business or in a friendship, there's a morning Mm -hmm. where you wake up and you just have clarity. And I Mm -hmm. think that I just, I woke up one day and I had a ton of clarity and I was like, I'm going to be just fine. Mm -hmm. And, Mm -hmm. and that was it. And the decision was made and there was no turning back. And, you know, Mm -hmm. yeah, even when I made the decision, I wasn't sure it was going to be like this permanent feeling, but then once I made it, I was Mm -hmm. good. Mm -hmm. And you never turn back girl. That's for sure. No girl. (laughs) How that do you co-parent? <laughs> like, how do you co-parent? Like, what is your style? Because I think that you know, I once heard from a therapist that two really happy divorced parents are better than two people together miserable with kids. So, mm-hmm. like, how yeah, do you keep anything. it? Yeah, how do you keep co-parenting healthy? Because I know if that ever happened to me, I just it's in me. Like, I'm just there's something about me that's a little bit vindictive and a little bit. <laughs> but you can't you can't be that person when you have children because th- the people that fail are them. The people, mm-hmm. the, sorry, not fail. The people who lose are your children. Mm-hmm. So you have to like suck up your own ego and be like, okay, I just have to be, I have to be a good person for my kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think there's obviously mistakes that you make along the way, particularly in the beginning of a divorce and just kind of navigating those moments with grace because mm-hmm. I really had to, you know, do what was right for my kids. It certainly didn't feel right to me. Like everything in my gut was like, this is screwed up, Mm -hmm. but it was, it was a really great lesson. I think both for Jason and I 
And I would say it took us about six months post the divorce um, being filed where we started to to sort of figure it out. And then by Mm -hmm. the time the divorce was final, that first year was over. And then we really sort of settled in and, you know, started forgiving each other and becoming, you know, just better co-parents. And now Mm -hmm. we're like golden. I mean, we have Mm -hmm. family night together. Yeah. Um, you know, he comes over, we go out for sushi with the kids, like, and we're just, you know, we were talking about it the other day, you know, like, cause sometimes the kids will play you against each other. And we were like, you know, we've got to stay on the same page because, you know, they, they're getting to the age where they're manipulative enough, uh, manipulative enough to be able to go to dad's house and, mm-hmm. you know, sort of you know, not mm-hmm. mention what mom's rules were when they went, mm-hmm. to, you know, they, so we have to be constantly in communication. Mm-hmm. And that took about a year, right? So you guys could yeah. sort of settle. Yeah. Yeah, definitely took a while. It's almost so like you, you have, have to forgive mm-hmm. them. You have to forgive mm-hmm. all the pain that you feel like mm-hmm. you put each other through. And once you've forgiven, um, yeah. then you can move forward. Absolutely. It's hard it's, though, it's, right? It was hard. It was super hard for me. It took me yeah. a year to really like find that forgiveness and, and really like move to a different place where he was no longer my ex-husband, but he was now like the girl dad. Mm-hmm. And and we were doing this together in like a different relationship. Mm-hmm. And now we're cool. I mean, don't get me wrong. He drives me batshit crazy from time <laughs> to time. But, um, you know, we have a new love for each other and a new respect for each other. And so it's been, it's been better to raise the girls, but it's not to say that we didn't have our struggles mm-hmm. and it didn't affect the kids in the first year. It did. Like, I think they felt that tug of war between the houses and like trying to figure that whole piece out. But then, um, you know, ultimately, you know, we sorted through it and we found our way and, and they're all still standing, you know, yeah. <laughs> There's something about, you know, like perseverance and these kids, like mm-hmm. not everybody is, not anybody ever has been raised. And it was like, you know, roses and, you know, puppies hearts. and kittens. Yeah. Yeah. It's not peas and kittens. And yeah. it never is. Kids need to learn how to persevere through like in the real fucking world. Mm-hmm. So, you know, because their mom and dad don't love each other in a certain way anymore, it doesn't mean they're all going to collapse and fall down and not be able to recover. But it's like how we as parents and ex-husband and wife manage mm-hmm. it. It is our job not to fuck up the next piece. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, we can't like sit in a shitty marriage that we're both unhappy in because we think mm-hmm. it's better for the kids to have a two-parent household. That's bullshit. Right. It's mm-hmm. absolute yeah. bullshit. Like, I know so many unhappy couples that are staying together and you don't think when those kids see them fighting and like taking jabs at each other that these kids don't, that, that doesn't resonate with them. That's what right. I call like an unhealthy like relationship with the other sex. And that's why little girls have these issues with men and, you know, mm-hmm. abandonment bullshit and all of that stuff mm-hmm. because they watch their parents like, stay in really unhealthy, fucked up situations. Mm -hmm. What would you say to people that are afraid to leave uh, a marriage because of, because they think about their kids, like not necessarily it's because of the kid, but like, if they feel like they're stuck in a situation, what would you say to them? Well, you know, listen, it's not like I'm so opinionated. I know, but like for me, I think it depends on the couple and it depends on how unhealthy their situation is. If, if they are just, sort of not in love anymore, but they've maintained this great friendship and parenting thing and it works for them, then God bless, go with God. 
But mm-hmm. I mean, if, if they're in an unhealthy dynamic and they're all living under one roof and the kids are seeing it, mm-hmm. that is way worse than, you know, John living down the street from Becky and then, mm. them doing a <laughs> five split, you know, like mm-hmm. I, I, yeah. I don't think it's nice for the kids to see mom not getting out of bed in the morning because she's a miserable, you know, she's miserable because, you know, her husband didn't come home the night before. I mean, like these yeah. kids are smart and, you know, with social media and, and how much more access they have, like mm-hmm. they know more now than we did when we were their age. Yeah. So the, the cues are all there. And if, if you're in an unhealthy relationship, I would just say, you know, think about what their relationship with the opposite sex is going to be like when they're adults watching um, the dysfunction that you're teaching them. I always yeah. find relationships interesting because there is a period in the beginning where everything works. And I feel like the pressures on men and women these days is far beyond the pressures that there used to be. It's, you know, both sexes want careers. They also want families. There's there's also uh, about keeping up with the Joneses and about the best schools. And so that puts pressure in finances, with family, with careers. Like it's, it's, I just think it's always a pressure cooker. And I, and I sometimes even feel like this quarantine has been, yes, for some marriages, not the greatest Mm -hmm. thing, but for others, maybe magic because everything's had to slow down and you've had to go back to basics and you go, wow, I I do see you again. We're not passing ships in the night. And I, I sometimes feel like with relationships, some are thrown out too early and then some are not thrown out at all. You know, sometimes you definitely should, but I, I sometimes wonder about all those relationships where all the stresses are just so high and how we can, mm-hmm how we can limit some of those in today's world. Cause it's, it's a lot, it's a lot, especially, mm-hmm. you know, Roxy and I were talking just homeschooling right now and like mm. having a good marriage and kids and, you know, no wonder people are just exploding. Yeah. I, 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 I agree with you a hundred percent. I think, you know, obviously if not for, um, COVID and if mm-hmm. we were, I, I would say like we should be forced into quarantine for two weeks every year, like mandatory because, I think it's a great way to reconnect and, you know, mm-hmm. again, I think out of this might come some divorces, but I think out mm-hmm. of it might come, um, some reconnection. I mean, mm-hmm. I know that even just the people that I, you know, that I do love that it's kind of forces you to kind of, you know, make uh, an effort and mm-hmm. you know, be vulnerable and, and, and really, really connect, which it's so easy to like, you know, be here all the time. Mm-hmm. Right. Caught up. So I agree with you. Yeah. Well, speaking of, I mean, the quarantine and COVID, how has your real estate business been affected by like all this? Are you still gangbusters or are you, is it like totally slowed down? It's to- I, I was talking to the CEO of the Western region of our company this morning and the company is down 45%. Um, oh, wow. Just in closed, you know, just in general business. Me personally, mm-hmm. I lost about 15 million in deals mm-hmm. once we started, um, mm-hmm. you know, this, you know, just business falling out of escrow and people mm-hmm. backing out to the pandemic. Um, and, you know, we haven't been able to show property, much less yeah. even now that we are allowed to show vacant property it's still a challenge because there some agents don't want to show property because they don't want to come in contact with you or mm-hmm. your buyer. You yeah. So it's just, it really is a mess for us. And, you know, I think 
you know, only the strong will survive, you know, our business because we're commission based. So, I mean, I'm not making a dollar if I'm not closing. Are you scared about the future or do you feel like everyone's because everything stopped is going to be like a mad rush for people to invest money and spend money? And, or do you think it's like made such a massive dent that we might not be able to recover? No, I, I always like to like, I'm, I'm a little bit more of an optimist and glass mm-hmm. kind of person. And I, I do think that, you know, there will be a lot of people that will suffer and we will have a challenging time coming out of this. But I also mm-hmm. think that that's the beauty of America and, and, and all of us as citizens, mm-hmm. I think that that's mm-hmm. what makes our country so fantastic. I think that everybody kind of wants, we thrive on, you know, what our country is all about. And I think coming back from something (laughs) (laughs) as huge as COVID and Mm -hmm. something that we've never been through anything like this Mm -mm. before and being able to recover from it is just something that I think the people of this country are going to be really proud about. Like, I think Mm -hmm. everybody... You know, it's like, I always say like this country's at its finest when the chips are down. It's like when we were out, um, when this first happened and, you know, we were walking, we were still allowed to, you know, walk around with masks, but 10 feet mm-hmm. apart and, you know, everybody was like waving hi to each other and yeah. trying to, everybody was just like mm-hmm. more friendly. And I think there's, that's, that's something that's really good about the people and our fine mm-hmm. nation. No, so I think we'll come out of this. I really right. do. And, and of course, I think, you know, business will suffer and small businesses are going to have a difficult time. But I think with the stimulus package, um, you know, hopefully we should be able to get some relief and, you know, continue our business once we're able to start showing property again. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, none, I mean, nonetheless, you've still been busy. I mean, you're launching your book. Fear Woo-hoo! is a four-letter word. Woo-hoo! Coming out this month. And uh, so, Trey, what made you want to write the book? And like, what was that process like? Well, you know, obviously when I had, when I got the show, the opportunity to work on million dollar listing as the female cast member on the show, um, there was just some discussion about it after the first season. Like, you know, you've, it's not like I was new to the business, you know, when the boys came mm-hmm. to the show, they were, a lot of them were relatively new to the business. So it was mm-hmm. a really good um, place for them to build a business where I had been doing it for 17 years when I started the show. Mm-hmm. Um, And so it just started to resonate with me and, you know, being the female on the cast, we'll see talking about a lot of that, um, on the show and what it's like Mm -hmm. to be a woman in business that why wouldn't I want to share some of my failures and stories and tips that I have for young women coming into not just my business, but just any business for that matter, Mm -hmm. or women that are getting divorced and wanting to get back into the workforce and have that, that fear of, you know, can I do it at 40 or 38? Or can I do it with like three young kids um, Mm -hmm. all by myself? Uh, Yeah, you can. And Mm -hmm. so that's what kind of inspired the book. And, you know, it took me a long time to figure that out. And, you know, I still don't have it like 100% figured out. But why not share what I do know with women coming into it so that 
they'll hopefully don't take 20 years to figure it out like I have. (laughs) What was that process like writing the book? Were you writing it like bits and pieces and like kind of, it was, yeah. It was a trip. Obviously I am a terrible, I mean, me putting pen to paper is tragic. (laughs) Like I am, like the grammar would be hideous. There'd be F-bombs all over the place. And but I worked with a really great ghostwriter and we talked like four days a week, an hour every day or an hour a day. And then she would come and see me on weekends and we'd spend like, you know, two or three days together. And we wrote the book in about four and a half months time. And then the mm-hmm. editing process was about two months. So mm-hmm. all in, it was about a six month, like hardcore process. And there mm-hmm. were days where it was like at the end of a long work day at like seven o'clock at night, I'd have to sit on the phone for an hour and a half and try to remember stories from when I was like 24 years old. And mm-hmm. I, I, it was, it was taxing. It was very mm-hmm. taxing, but also very rewarding. What is mm. the book about? Is it about uh, dating men under 21 years old? <laughs> how to date men <laughs> under 25? That's, yeah. How to date men between 20 and 25 years old. <laughs> No, I mean, it, it, I mean, it applies to every aspect of your life, but the book is called Fear is Just a Four-Letter Word. This is the, the book. Mm, nice. No wonder you're getting asked out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I feel like that really, uh, that really applies. I mean, right, even right now, um, fear is such a huge piece to how reactive we all are to the things that we go through. So for me, whether it's in relationships or, you know, in a business interview or you're up for a new, you know, position or you're walking in or you're trying to get a listing away from, you know, the guy that's been getting it from you for the last 10 years. It, mm. Fear is a big piece that holds us back. And so that's what I talk about. It's a book about different um, things you can do to leave that fear at the door. And it's all about, in my opinion, not completely like experience. I think you have to live in that emotion. I think you have to experience the fear and then you just have to figure out how the hell to put it away Mm -hmm. before you walk in the door for the interview or the appointment or the meeting or the relationship Mm -hmm. because, um, and remain authentic to yourself in that process. I don't even know what my life would be like without fear. I think it's so ingrained in us from such an early age and especially our work and being women in the workforce. It's like, I think that to not have fear, I would, I would be surprised at who I could be. So it's a, it's a wonderful thing to help people like myself to try to be a better authentic self, you know? Yeah. Well, yeah. And I'm not saying that I mm-hmm. don't have fear. I still do. I just have figured out, I have figured out by process of failure over and over again mm-hmm. and just different huge personalities and, and just the way that I grew up to the men that I've worked for mm-hmm. um, and how long I've been doing it and competing at that level. Um, I just have, I have stories and I have, I, I think that I have, I have certain ways that I've figured out how to experience the fear and then put it the hell away mm-hmm. and walk mm-hmm. in the room and own it. And sometimes it's like, you know, it's simple things like, when someone intimidates you, you know, I'll share like a little tidbit. I was in a, a, a really important meeting with a very, maybe my biggest client in the history of my career. And uh, a, a, a gentleman wanted to meet with him. And mm-hmm. I didn't know if this guy was real or not, but he talked to a really big game. And I finally said, all right, I'm going to put us in a room together. And we had a 
sort of co- early dinner at the Soho house in Malibu. And he's sitting on one side and my client sitting on the other side and I'm sitting in the middle and mm. they are, it's like two massive male egos mm-hmm. just talking over each other constantly. And the buyer that was, um, that was just really pushing it a little too far. In my opinion, I would, I kept trying to step mm-hmm. in and sort of navigate between the two of them. And he made it incredibly difficult to where I started getting mm-hmm. a little flustered mm-hmm. and I was getting angry and the fear was creeping up. And then he looked at me and he goes, I said something like, you know, why don't we get back to what we were talking about before, which is the actual proposal instead of, you know, this. And he looked at me and he goes, what are you on your period or something? Oh my God. Oh my and God. It, no. And it, just, and it threw me though. <gasps> I mean, it threw me to the point where like, I couldn't, I couldn't react in the right yeah. way. Right. Like in the way, so I had like a couple different choices. One was I could like flip out, tell him to fuck off mm-hmm. Two, like get all flustered, which I did, mm-hmm. you know, and start like fidgeting in my chair to where I had to like remove myself and like gather my thoughts. Or mm-hmm. I could have looked him square in the eye and said, you speak to me like that again. And this meeting's over. Mm-hmm. Right. Which is what I, said. <laughs> I, was, I would have pegged you for C in a second. <laughs> I think I was so, you know, so caught off guard between those two massive egos that I just right. wasn't prepared for it. But I talk about it in the book because it was an important lesson for me to like always be prepared to receive like a degrading comment like that. And, mm-hmm. and then I just give you like the basic tips of how to remain like, these are the three things you need to think about when you're put in a situation like that. And that means just, you know, for me, it was sit still, don't fidget, mm-hmm. look him square in the eye, take as long as you need in order to get to that like centered place. Even if you say nothing for five minutes, you come back. And when you do have the opportunity to talk, you look him square in the eye and you say, don't ever speak to me like that again. Mm-hmm. And you'll be and and I did say that after I went to the bathroom, flipped the fuck out, cried, dried my tears, <laughs> came back down to the table, sat down, and I said, "You ever speak to me like that again?" And this meeting's over. And he Good. was like, "I I was just kidding. I was yo, I was just oh kidding." My God. And he was like all the bravado was all there. The ego here. Yeah, he was flustered that I even looked at him and said anything. So I was able to kind of you know, repair it a little bit, but I think it's all about like being able to like, you know, act on your feet. We're also taught to like make jokes about it, you know, or, you know, not joke at them, but joke at ourselves. It's always, we've always been taught Mm -hmm. to be like, you know, degrading to ourselves in front of everyone. Um, Mm -hmm. that's the conversation. Um, we also have, uh, your TV show premiering again this month, million dollar listing Los Angeles. coming back for another season. So what are some things that the fans are going to see this season? Are there any surprises? Uh, I cannot uh, reveal uh, any of the surprises that are coming. What I can say is a couple things. One, you will see um, me get one of the biggest uh, listings of my career. Mm. Um, And I I become actually quite close with Josh Flagg this season. And we have a really good time together. Awesome. Um, And I partner up with Altman again on something. And finally, I kind of put my gloves in the ring a little bit. Um, You know, those boys are always fighting and I'm usually like, yeah. I feel like you enjoy it though. Reason. You enjoy it though. You enjoy being like kind of the referee amongst I, all I those love, boys. I, right? Don't get me wrong. I love a good Judge Judy. 
<laughs> but I actually put my hat in the ring a little bit with the Brits uh, this season. And so we have we have a little spat. Ah, nice. Well, nice. we have a little bit of a quarantine to finish this off. A quarantine and never have I ever edition. Yes. If you would like yes. to play with us and you have to be very truthful, which I'm sure you were going to be. <laughs> Almost too truthful. In, my daughter's in the room. So I'm glad these uh, earphones are in Okay. <laughs> okay. Right. Never have I ever. No, you can't hear it. She can't hear this. <laughs> <laughs> tell Jules, can't hear tell this. Jules to go back to the to the gym Jules, in the back. Go back, go back to the gym. <laughs> okay. I'm going to give you one. Um, never have I ever noticed a gray hair in my vagina during quarantine. <laughs> no, because there is no hair. <laughs> it's what down there? It's because there is no hair. So what are you doing? You're just waxing yourself? <laughs> I mean, I don't wax. I laser. Okay, so it's, it's all bold anyway. <laughs> <laughs> she's good to go. Yeah, she's, she's good, good. to go. Okay, good. Good to know. Okay. Oh, no. Never have I ever... Well, he's in the quarantine with you, but just to spice it up, do you guys do Zoom sex if he's like out, like out in the other room? room? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, no need for that. <laughs> no How much sex are you having? Are you having sex every oh day? Are you having sex twice a day? I hate you so much right now. She, uh, honey, she's I am so mad every day. <laughs> she's literally boinking a twenty-two-year-old. Okay. She's fucking like ten twice times a day. day. <laughs> twice a day. Twice a day. Three times a day. No. More than that. Oh yes. <laughs> not three. Okay, three was too much for her. Two. She was like, yeah. Three. She was like, no, not that much. Okay, so two. That's a lot. Oh my gosh. And we just saw the size right then on Zoom, <laughs> which we are recording. Love it. Okay. So twice a day. So you're having sex 14 times a week. I want to kill myself. Okay. Let's keep going. It's like your dream, Tam. Um, never have I ever. Oh, but you don't do dating apps. Okay. So never have I ever gone more than two days without a shower in quarantine. Mm hmm. No, again, because my having quarantine. Is, <laughs> uh, you got to keep that clean as a whistle down there, I don't you? Yeah. Quarantine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's happy. <laughs> no wonder your dopamine's getting like serotonin yeah. I mean, rushing twice a day. There has been right? like there has been like maybe two days out of like the last four weeks where, for whatever reason, like, and I was a cranky, cranky bitch. <laughs> So an orgasm oh. a day keeps the moods away. Yeah. Totally. The, totally. Keeps the mood swings away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keeps my mental health at bay. Oh my gosh. An orgasm a day right? keeps my mental health at bay. Guys, we can keep going. <laughs> we could keep going all day. Um, I mean, that's good. That's good. Okay. Okay. Never have I ever. Well, I didn't know that you were quarantined with someone. So I wrote all these ones like you weren't. Cause I was like, she's going to be FaceTiming all these weird position she's going to be in. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So never have I ever, well, okay. Wanted to call an ex while you're quarantined with stud muffin twice a day. <laughs> so yes. <laughs> uh, you do know this is a, this is audio, um, a podcast. So you need to actually use words. <laughs> never. <laughs> this is not charades. <laughs> Okay. Let's just say it's a flex. It's a flex arrangement. (laughs) (laughs) 
Wait, oh my gosh. That means you Zoom sex with someone else? How can you do that when you're already it's having- It's called a three-way. Have you had Zoom sex? Three-way. You could do I a three-way not. in Zoom. You I definitely Zoom have sex. not. You're tired. I oh, got it. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I mean, literally. My child I mean- feeds me. I work out and I get laid twice a day. I'm so tired. I'm so beat. <laughs> not to mention she also makes her drinks i mean it's like yeah. the winning she's got it all she's, she's got like, it I all i have to drink it too i'm so tired by eight. i train them well I, that's the thing how how old can they be when they start bartending are we talking like seven eight uh no i i wait till i waited till about 14 <laughs> that's a good time okay okay i'm getting ahead of myself well now when i haven't drank in a while <laughs> yeah. I haven't drank in a while, but my daughter, who's six, used to go, can I get you some wine? So I thought that was okay, <laughs> isn't it? Well, there you go. That's I mean, totally yeah, fine. Why not? You know, I know. My, little one, my little one thinks she's like, because I, I said to Scarlett that Italians, you know, at the table, the kids kind of grow up with wine being a part of like the culture and the yeah. dinner and the whatever. And Scarlett's mm-hmm. like, I love wine. I'm like, what have you had wine? She's like, I love it. So yesterday I'm like, here, taste this. I better uh-huh. taste my my Chardonnay. And she said, that's delicious. And I'm like, you're so full of it. Yeah, <laughs> no. She's like, I'm like, no one likes Chardonnay at 11. Yeah. She needs but, like a fuzzy navel. I mean, come on. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My dad, my had, taste. You have to start with strawberry. Yes. Hill and move your yes, yes, yeah. yes. What you could do yes. though is my father said to my brother, he was like, I want to drink. I know how to drink. So he said, fine, you can drink in front of me. He drank four beers, vomited all <gasps> night and like was never really into alcohol ever again. Yeah. You should be like, sure, just drink, just do it in front of me, you know? And they do, they think they're like big man on campus, but. Right. Yeah. Big, swinging those balls. Swinging those balls. <laughs> swinging those balls. And on that <laughs> note of balls, we should probably go. <laughs> yes. Tracy, Tra- Tracy Elaine Tudor, thank you so much for joining us today. Always a pleasure. It was fun, you guys. It took us, it took us a while to warm up to the quarantine um, and the Zoom meeting. But yes. I think we got, you know, the first 15 minutes are a little dry. Hopefully you guys can hang on and uh, edit some of that out <laughs> <laughs> oh but why but why <laughs> I, I think they kind of started pretty close into your quarantine buddy so i think we're good yeah we're, good we're spicy a little spice <laughs> well, i like to give you the spice being women on top uh, or the bottom of the you side, or, yeah. the, or the back, <laughs> reverse cowgirl, well, you can whatever get it, it all takes. Days, so let's not <laughs> pretend. She's like, these yeah. days you get whatever you can. And I'm like, yeah. bullshit. She's probably getting banged right now, like yeah, exactly. under the chair. Yes. She's like, sorry guys, my chair is moving slightly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we love it. And Tracy, uh, where you, can girl. we find you? Love you too. Tell everyone where we can see you. Uh, well, the show airs on Bravo, and mm-hmm. um, my book is available for pre-order on Amazon right now. Uh, Fear mm-hmm. is just a four-letter word, and that will be out July fourteenth. Nice, and always on social media at Tracy oh, Tutor. Yeah. Tracy Tudor. Mm-hmm. Rudy Toot Toot. Okay. <laughs> Rudy Toot Toot. Rudy right. Toot Toot. Love you, girl. Love Listen. you too, boo-boo. Just gonna go I'm just so upset about your life right now. I'm just like, I'm trying not she... to compare. I know comparison is the death of happiness, but I'm finding it hard. <laughs> I'm just being real. <laughs> 
I just think Poliana's like, I know that I shouldn't, but I mean, staring off. Just she like it's so funny because she literally couldn't care about anything else but the sex. (laughs) She's like, she's like. I'm just like, I don't know know. if I like this interview. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, just rub it in. Oh. You guys, you guys. Okay, okay. who are we? Well, who are we? <laughs> okay, so names? you can find us on Women on Top Official on Instagram. And Women on Top Podcast on Facebook. And we are... <gasps> Roxy Manning. And I am Tamlin Thursock, <laughs> and we are Women <laughs> on Top <laughs>